Well, at least we can hear you. The seeing is not the most. Oh, there you are. Hello. Perfect. Yay. Hi, Krishna. Hi, Mara. Good to see you. Anything you'd like to share? Oh, just watching the grass grow here. <laughs> how high is it? Well, the question is how low it goes when you step on it without any resistance. Mm, very nice answer. Yeah. I think about it all the time because I'm walking on it. Nice. Which is nice. And of course, we're surrounded by big redwood trees, which are very stately and magnanimous and remind us also of Mahaprabhu's verse and his mandate for us to be tolerant and compassionate. So it's a favorable environment here. But um, why don't we just go ahead and take the questions? Okay. Um, we'll start with Krishna Das. You need to unmute yourself. Uh, Dhanavat Pranams. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. Um, so my question is in relation to a verse in Bhagavad Gita that I was reading recently in the 17th chapter. Um, in verse 28, uh, Krishna says, O son of Pritha, any action performed without faith, even sacrifice, charity, and austerity is considered impious. Such acts are fruitful neither in this world nor the next. And I was reading that and I was kind of wondering uh, it kind of made me think of uh, like the, the, the concept of Agyata Sukriti and how that kind of is understood and reconciled with this verse, or maybe I thought this verse doesn't necessarily refer to Agyata Sukriti and the concept of, you know, bhakti and such, or maybe um, is referring to more, you know, dharmic or worldly kinds of sacrifice, charity or austerity, but I was wondering if you could maybe say something about if there is a relation between the two or how to reconcile the, the concepts, those, those two concepts. What translation are you reading? Uh, yours, the, um, your translation and commentary. Can you cite the Sanskrit, try to? Ashraddhaya hotam datam tapas taptam kritam chayat asad it I think that, uh, thank you. I think that um, uh, the idea here is that Well, at least she believes what she's doing. Hmm? At least she has some conviction. At least she has some, so faith, conviction. Um, it may be weird, but I to give it to him. He believes in it. You know, he's into it. So there's there's uh, something that's sattvic and virtuous about faith in a general uh, sense, as opposed to not having it which um, kind of suspends one's animation, if you will. It, 
leaves us suspicious, in doubt, and, uh, and, and so on. So uh, in that sense, the virtue of faith is being extolled in uh, the text. And um, of course, that said, I should go on to um, explain that despite the fact that in overarching sense, faith is virtuous, the color of one's subtle body, the antakarna, uh, color here referring to the modes, um, is also going to determine the, the quality of one's faith. So one could have faith in general, which is virtuous, but it could be of a tamasic nature, or it could be of a sattvic nature, or it could be of a rajasic nature, or it could be of, 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 of a nirgun quality. Hmm. So, um, so I think that uh, the, the text is extolling the virtue of faith in a broad way. That if we, of course, if we perform, it's also, that, that chapter is also referring to different types of faith within the different modes of nature. It doesn't deal uh, directly with Nirgun Shraddha. There's a parallel, if you will, verse in Uddhava Gita, um, where Krishna takes it a step further by way of saying that, you know, well, Kamraj, you're frozen. Just... There, you're back. I lost you for a second, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was saying in the Uddhava Gita, I think you might have heard that part. Uh, Krishna says, faith in me is, is near good. Now, he doesn't deal with that in the 17th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. He's dealing with faith within the different modes of nature. Um, and, and the activities that are described there in the verse that you cite, uh, charity, uh, what is it, penance, whatever they were, these are not um, of a nirgun nature either. Whereas when we speak of agyata sukriti in relation to bhakti, we're speaking of bhakti as an activity that's done um, that um, may be done without faith, but the nature of the activity is different than what's being described in this verse, all of which is within the gunas. So near guna bhakti We lost you again. For... Uh, I was citing the second verse of the of the Bhagavatam. I didn't get beyond that, but uh, there there's an emphasis on the efficacy of hearing the Bhagavatam, which is you know an anga of bhakti, a very prominent one, and it doesn't speak of a prerequisite of faith. So Vishwanath Chakravitakur in his commentary on it emphasizes the fact that, it, that even without faith, 
one could engage in bhakti and and uh, accrue you know transcendental uh, benefit because it, it, it the act is uh, is um, of a of a near good nature so that's the distinction i think i hope that harmonizes the the uh, apparent uh, contradiction that you raise uh, yes yeah that that makes a lot of sense uh, okay. thank you very much guru maharaj right okay. um Uddhava das uh, I had a question, but now with, I had a follow-up question from this question. Because okay. you say that uh, even without faith, you know, you can act on bhakti, but it is said that uh, bhakti starts in strata. So how you harmonize that? When we say that bhakti begins with strata or faith, we are talking about um, entering into a systematic uh, culture of bhakti. Um, and faith being the first step within that. So you have some sadhu sangha, from that faith comes, and then you sufficiently to, to, to want to take up the practice, then you have sadhu sangha again in a more uh, specific way. That's one thing, to, to formally tread the path of bhakti. There's another thing to be touched by bhakti, but not be formally treading the path and still be benefited. Hmm? And sometimes um, that kind of benefit that accrues from such contact with or participation in bhakti unknowingly or without faith hmm, has been referred to as agyata sukriti or gyata sukriti with some knowledge, some understanding, but someone may come to the temple, may go to the artic and think it's a nice thing. I like it. But um, uh, for faith to participate in it, to take it up, to think this is this is the this is this is the purpose of life uh, that hasn't arisen yet, and, and someone else may not even may go to the temple just for a meal, for example, take prasadam, and not think anything about it. So there you have a case of gyata sakriti and agyata sakriti uh, that is accruing. Hmm? As a result of bhakti, it's not occurring as a result of anything else. So if you take a plant, let's say you take a seed and you put it in the ground, then you're watering it, watering it, and then you see this plant, say, hey, this, it's coming, it's, it's, it's coming. So that might be... So we've lost you again. Oh, we just lost, completely lost him. Okay, I'll get back on. Yeah, I'm back. There you are. I don't hear you though. Can you hear me now? No. 
Um, click on You're English and mute original audio. There, you can hear me now? Yeah. You're at the seed so, in the ground. Did you hear my example of the seed? No, As you put it in the ground. When you put the seed in the ground and you say it's coming and then we lost you. So coming above the ground and I mean, oh, there it is. Uh, but actually something has been happening beneath the ground that we don't see. So roots are going down and up. And that might be compared to uh, the, the, the bhakti results that accrues in one who's performing bhakti with some bhakti or with no knowledge of bhakti and what one's, in, what one's involved in gyata and agyata sukriti of the bhakti nature so bhakti umukhi sukriti so when it when the, using that analogy again when the plant actually pops above the ground that's faith now one has the requisite faith to actually tread the path but that doesn't mean that contact with bhakti without faith has no result it does and that result accrues to a point where it becomes faith so now your question my question is, I was wondering, you know, if the poem of Krishna is so beautiful. Yes. You know, it must be like the Bhagavatam Brita, they say that even the devotees who meet him first time, they feel ashamed, you know, because they were glorifying him all his life using poetry. But when they meet him, they feel that the poetry does not justice you know, to the beauty of the Lord. Yet, when the Lord descends to the earth, there are some people who don't like him, apparently, you know, so... There must be some maya, something going on there because it doesn't make sense the idea. You know, that Krishna will come to the world and even with Krishna present, people will have apathic feelings toward him. Right. Well, therefore, it's said that um, uh, Krishna is seen with eyes of devotion. Hmm? So forth. Many verses to that effect. Tashi Krishna Namadi Nabhavid Praya Mundre Seva Mukheji Badro Swayameva Sparateta. With some material senses, you can't see Krishna. Hmm? So if your senses are only material, that means they're only absorbed in material sense objects, hmm? then um, you might look at the deity but not think that he's beautiful. Hmm? But if you have been uh, engaged in bhakti, and your senses are becoming uh, purified or oriented towards Sarupshak, then you're going to see in a different light. Hmm? So um, I think it's uh, it's understandable. Use the, use the example of Harinam. It said that it tastes bitter like uh, sugar does to one who has jaundice, but sugar is the cure, a cure for jaundice. So if you keep taking it, the jaundice of ignorance will go away and the sweetness that's inherent in the sugar will come out. So uh, it takes certain eyes to see Krishna. Mm -hmm. Krishna showed a wonderful form to uh, Duryodhana and, um, at one point. And he and others were exclaiming about it. And Vidarastra was present and he was blind. He couldn't see. He said, I want to see that. Give me eyes that I might see that form. He said to Krishna. And Krishna said, without eyes, see my form. And he could see the form. So it's not with material senses that we see Krishna. So Krishna is 
God reveals himself to us on his own terms. It's not on our terms or on the basis of our material strength, whether it be mental, intellectual, or physical, sensual, that we can see Krishna. So there's a method. So we'll see something, but we won't be seeing Krishna. Just like people, some people see the deity, but they only see a stone. Some people hear the Hare Krishna mantra and they think, oh, might as well change Coca-Cola. Doesn't make any difference. But if you approach in the right way through bhakti as it's ordained in the scriptures, then you're gonna you're gonna see it in a different a different light. Hmm? I mean uh, if you take kittens and you put them raise them in a room that has horizontal stripes around the room. Hmm? Then when they grow up, they will not be able to perceive anything vertical. And if you graze them in a room with only vertical lines, when they grow up, they'll not be able to perceive anything that is horizontal. Hmm? <laughs> Even materially speaking is, uh, is uh, relative to certain circumstances, right? Even to even what the cat will see in ordinary circumstances is gonna be different than what the human sees, right? So we're talking about seeing Krishna by way, just like if you wanna enter the fire, understanding of even your own self or to speak of God. You follow? Yeah, you, yes, you yeah, we lost you a little bit. Oh, so. yes. I said, it's a, you know, that, that, that if you want to see God, if you want to see Krishna, well, you have to um, uh, overcome that which obscures the experience and the perspective and the perception, which is influence of the, of the brunas and, and so on and so forth hmm. so it takes eyes to right eyes to see hmm. spiritual eyes to see. what else okay so john has a question yes Dandavats maharaj um interestingly the last question was about the uh uh, the beauty of the deity of Krishna, and my question indeed was, um, just very recently, um, I read uh, that the deity of Banki Bihari in Vrindavan was actually a combination of Radha and Krishna uh, combined in the same form, uh, something akin to Mahaprabhu, as it were. And I was wondering if you had any uh, kind of insights or perspectives on the, the deity of Banki Bihari. Banki Bihari, G. 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 Banki Bihari is a deity that's not um, a deity of our Gaudiya Sampradaya. Right. I don't know, maybe Radhabala was Sampradaya. I'm not sure. Um, 
there are a number of devotional sects in Vrindavan that have spawned in and around the time of uh, and, and after Mahaprabhu and, and so forth. And so um, one, I think, Haridas, um, I, don't, I, I don't recall. I'm not sure if Bunky Bihari's Radha Balaba uh, Sampradaya, but, in the, but, uh, but they have a different idea. Radha Balaba Sampradaya has the idea of the supremacy of Radha in a way that's different than the subtle and indirect supremacy of Radha we find in Gaudiya Sampradaya. So, um, but I'm not an expert on, on, on that Sampradaya or any other Sampradaya um, and barely uh, schooled in, in our own Sampradaya. <laughs> but I didn't know that, uh, that uh, um, fact of, about how Bunky Bihari is conceived. We have a, a similar deity though, in one sense, in, in Gaudi Sampradaya in the form of Radha Raman. Because mm. if, you, if you go to the Radha Raman temple, you won't see a deity of Radha, but he's referred to as Radha Raman. Right. And um, one of the uh, reasons for that is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Gopal Bhatta Goswami to go to Vrindavan after his parents had passed away and uh, to reside there, and that he would again come to Vrindavan and give him a darshan. Mm -hmm. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu never returned. Never, he, he went to Vrindavan after that, but Gopavata hadn't gotten there by that time. Um, he commissioned Rupa Sanatana to go there, and he, Mahaprabhu never returned to Vrindavan. But Gopal Bhatt, of course, went there and he took shelter of the Rupa Sanatana and so forth. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent his, uh, a wooden asan of his to Gopal Bhatt, along with a, a piece of his, his, his cloth. And um, it's thought that Mahaprabhu returned there in that form uh, to fulfill his promise to Gopal Bhatta that he would come. And of course, Gopal Bhatta also had acquired um, some sh shalagrams from the Gandaki and was worshiping them. And on the Shringa Chaturasi, he was thinking of the virtues of Prahlad and how the Shringa had appeared to him out of the stone and how blessed he, he, blessed he was and so forth. Woke up in the morning to find that one of the shalagrams had, had as the deity of Krishna. And he's named Radharaman because he's thought to be another way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave his darshan in a combined form of Radha and Krishna in Radharaman. So in the same way that some are speaking about Bhongi Bihari, there's a similar idea about Radharaman. Is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again appearing? Hmm? Yes. Maharaj, I think you've uh, disappeared from our yeah. once again. <laughs> once again. Hmm. We could try all turning off our videos, although Maharaj likes us to have them on.
So we can, there ah. you are. Now, can you hear me? Yes, yes, you've returned. So the two, I was saying, Rasaraj, Mahabhav, Dui, the two, Rasaraj, Krishna, Mahabhav, Radha, Dui, Ekru, in one form. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we, we tend to look at Radha Ramana in the same way. So it's not quite an answer, but it's somewhat, somewhat of an answer. I'm not sure. No, that was a wonderful answer. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Radha Ramanji Ki Jai. 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 Albata Ki All right, dear devotees, we're out of questions. So I know a number of you got on since Gumaraj got on. Does anyone have a question you would like to ask? Just unmute yourself. I have a question. Okay, Samadhi's got a question. Okay. Can you hear her? I can't hear you. Hello? Can you hear me? No, Samadhi, why don't you come in here real quick and ask your question? I have a question that someone has written me. Shall I cite? Oh, you want to hear Sumati? So, Guru Mat can move this. Um, my question is in uh, Lord Titania's Leela, when he would go between um, you know, his meditations and he would go to, to his apricot Leela and be engaging with um, Krishna in the mood of Radharani, and then he would come back to Navadweep with his um, devotees. Was that um, Yoga Maya Shakti that was taking him from one to the other, from one mood to another mood? Well, um... I think that you have to look at the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We can't hear no, you. No, I can hear him. You oh. can. I need to change the mic speaker. Can you hear me? Now I can, yes. I think that we have to look at the, the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a teaching Leela. And here we find Siddhas and, uh, playing the role of sadhakas. And they're very absorbed in the role of sadhakas, so they don't even know that they're siddhas. Hmm? Um, that's our removed and objective perspective. Uh, but Rupa Goswami isn't, you know, thinking I'm going to pretend to be a sadhaka now. Actually, I'm a siddha. So, so they're they're setting an example of sadhana and so forth. And 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 Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also, hmm? right? This is a charya lila, so he's teaching by his example. So when the devotees <clears throat> are transported, if you will, into Krishna Leela from Gaur Leela, <clears throat> well, this is a result of the, uh, the culture of bhakti. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is an outcome of that uh, absor absorption. I don't think you have to attribute it to anything other than the, the power of bhakti you know, herself, hmm? uh, the, the, the Sarup Shakti opening her arms to 
give us entrance into a glimpse of uh, the uh, Nitya Leela. Does that help? Okay. So I got a question here that someone has written me. His name is Bhima Prashad Das from Iskon, Delhi, trying to practice Krishna consciousness for 21 years, regularly reading your books and posts, audio lectures for the last 15 years. He says, I have questions that only you can answer. I don't know if that's true, but actually I find your answers unbiased and hence they are closer to my heart. Kindly reply to them at your own convenience. <clears throat> he says, no one remembers anything or anyone of this material world and the spiritual world. Actually, no one even remembers the material world. It's not like the spiritual world we meet. Hey, Prabhu, how are you? Um, only Krishna, he says, remembers everything, us, the material world. If this is so, how did Gopakumar back to Krishna? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. So I, I think that the idea in the question that you won't remember anything is based on the, the fact that the antakarna, where the subtle body, where memory is found, hmm, is cleansed, cleansed away. Hmm. So, um, but what's, but what's cleansed away is all your material samskars, remembrances, and subsequently habits, and so on and so forth. But it's but it's it's overridden, uh, and that's the way that it's cleared through bhakti. It's overridden by bhakti samskars. So, probably used to give an example: if you take a bottle of ink and you pour milk in it, well, milk and water are going to come out. Milk and ink are going to come out. And, but if you keep pouring the milk in there, eventually only milk is going to come out. You pour it in, it's going to come out, right? Keep a constant flow of milk. Then the milk, the ink will all come out and only milk will be, be left at a certain point. So the antakarna uh, is overridden in bhakti by the surup shakti. And then um, um, there's reason to believe, and perhaps evidence, if you want to cite Gopu Kumar, that um, what he's remembering is um, is based on an antakarna functioning in a spiritual way rather than a material way. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that you're going to go to Goloka and, and say, "Hey, well, there's you know, there, there there's." Uh, Merchant City over there, there's Shamsunta over there, there's Bijay Kumar over there. <laughs> um, so I would agree that, 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 that that's not the case. Some people like to uh, ask, you know, what is another person's swarup that's passed away? It's hard enough to understand one's own. <laughs> um, work on that. Uh, but um, um, 
there's, there is a distinct possibility that spiritual impressions will, will remain um, and, you know, in, in, in a broader sense. Now, if you take the case of Gopi Kumar, um, uh, he describes in Brihita Bhagavatamrita that he was in the Aprakat Leela and told to go to the material world by Radha and uh, to show mercy to Jana Sharma, who, who became his, his student, to whom he told his whole story, right? So the question is, how did he remember his whole story as a uh, sadhaka? Well, um, I think that the, that the possibility exists of recalling uh, the uh, the progress that one makes towards perfection, having attained perfection, uh, and especially if one is empowered to do that. So he was told by Radharani to go. So, and at that point, um, he entered the material world and he retold the story. How did he remember the story? Um, obviously the possibility exists that he could, perhaps by the grace of Radha, given the occasion and, and what, what she expected of him and so forth. Or uh, it's, it's possible that, uh, that in, in some respects could be um, retained or uh, dormant or in, in the background, so to speak. But in the, in the Leela not, doesn't come to the foreground, but if a certain instance should occur that one has to rely upon that, as in the case, rare case of Gopal Kumar, then it's there to take advantage of. That's the way I would think about it. We have um, another question. Um, Sagrahi Dasi? Hare Krishna, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Good morning. Dandavat Guru Maharaj. Good to see you. Good to see you too. I was trying to ask this question during, during Kartik, but we were always running out of time. So it's a little bit Kartik question, which I left with. I was reading Dig Darshinitika of Sanatana Goswami to Damodara Ashtakam. Uh, commentaries and he was saying in the first verse he was writing that Krishna escaped uh, from Madhya Shoda and he was feeding uh, butter to monkeys and as I heard from you and some other places that that was monkeys from Ramayana but he also said that he was feeding crows with this butter maybe so I was wondering if you know any story behind this crows 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 yes yeah Birds. I don't know any story about that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do come around <laughs> and uh, accept handouts and so forth. So I, I can't uh, comment on who, who, who they are, where they come from, but <laughs> there are crows in Brudge, right? And they're also devotees. Crows Kijai. Hi, Andy Roll. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I think Omkar has a question. Who? Omkar? Omkar. Okay. 
Can you unmute yourself? Can we don't hear you or see you on the call? Um, yeah. No, huh? Well, I've got another question from Bimal Prashad. I'll refer to that. He says, does Nishingadev have the face of a lion in Vaikuntha? I heard a lecture by another Swami who said that he has the mood of Nishinga, but in all the Vaikuntha planets, Vishnu has only a forearm form. In Vaikuntha, do we have a, does Vamana, do we have a Vamana dwarf or, or a Matsya or a Kurma? Um, uh, that is in some Vaikuntha sitting on a throne as a fish or turtle or so forth. So this is his question. Um, um, and of course, Prahlad, let's take Prahlad as an example, which he, he brings up, um, was a worshiper of Krishna, Govinda. And given the circumstances, the unique circumstances that Prahlad was confronted with, his deity appeared to him, Krishna appeared to him as a form of, of Nishinga, a form that had said Lakshmi hadn't seen before of her husband. Holy cow, she thought, what's this? And none of the devas had ever seen and so on and so forth. So um, a new, uh, new event, if you will, um, in eternity. And, um, and so obviously, uh, his deity appeared to him in a particular form prominently. And then that became the form uh, of Krishna that Prahlad worshiped, hmm, who resides in Vaikuntha. Now, the, so the question is, well, if you go to Vaikuntha, do you just see Narayan there? Or do you actually see the, the half man, half lion, et cetera, with other avatars? Well, the answer in one sense is, is that, um, that the Lord appears as Bhagavatam says in the third canto, and as he says in the Bhagavad Gita as well, in relation to how he's worshiped. Hmm? Let me give you another example. In the Vasant springtime Rasalila depicted in Gita Govinda of Jayadeva Goswami, Krishna tried to show a four-armed form, Chatur Bhuj, to Radharani. Hmm? when she was searching for him, but he couldn't do that. So his form in which he appears corresponds with the love of the devotee. So Radharani's love, her bhav, determined how he would appear. So how the devotees will see Bhagavan depends upon their love, their the way in which they go forth. So if Prahlad wants to see Bhagavan Narayana, who's a form of Krishna, in the form of Narasimha in Vaikuntha, you can bet he'll be able to see him as, as such. So I would uh, tend to look at it along those lines and say that, you know, both things are there. Um, um, I remember going to... Uh, Barkala in um, in South India, once where there's a big, big like twenty four foot deity of Mahavishnu 
lying lying down and in stone and so forth. And I happened to go there um, um, on John Mostomy, and they had him decorated like. So the implication, did you hear that? So on the different appearance days of the different avatars, they would dress him like the different avatars. The implication being that in the very least on those days celebrated in Vaikuntha, he'll show that form. Hmm? Um, it's another way of thinking about it, but, but I would gravitate more towards um, uh, the idea of different departments, if you will, in, in Baikuntha, uh, different lokas in which the, uh, the avatar form that appears in the world is uh, manifest there for the devotees to Okay. Okay. Um, Omkar sent me his question and I just gave, send it to you. Do you see it in the chat? Freezing again. <clears throat> did, did you hear me? You, you you froze. Yeah, no, I said, are there any other, other questions? Yeah, there's a, a question. Um, Omkar sent his question and I sent it to you in the chat. Do you see it? Uh, let me look it up here. No, I can read it. I'm confused about Vishuddha Sattva, is that it? Yes. He says, Omkar says, I'm confused about Vishuddha Sattva as in the commentary of Srimad Bhagavatam 4939, Vishnu Chakriti comments that Indra and Shiva are both in this category, but elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, for instance, 430.24, Prabhupada said that only Vishnu, who does not accept the material body, is in this category, but other guna avatars are not. Hmm? I'd have to look at the commentary of Vishwana Chakrati Thakur there in 4939 that you referred to, um, but he may be referring to the idea that the demigods are partial manifestations in the material world of uh, of, of, of the Godhead. Hmm? Um, so sometimes they're seen in a quasi, you will, uh, spiritual light, those positions of Indra or, or Brahma and so forth. Those are divine arrangements hmm? um, coming from the other side, far of Yom, for purposes in this world that different jivas inhabit or um, you know embody for some time so the roles themselves have their origins if you will in transcendence whereas they play a role within the material world albeit at you know a, a, a they're part of the divinate train of the divine controlling power of God, they're aspects of the power. Those those positions are aspects of the power 
of the Godhead, who's you know in control of everything, and they they represent some aspect of his controlling power, those positions. But those who inhabit those, if you will, those positions are not trans mm -hmm. um, other than, uh, than, than well, Shiva, we look at their. from the Chakrabhati Thakur actually says there. And I could look it up, but let's go on. And there are there other questions? So John has another question. Okay. Maharaja, you, were, you mentioned, um, we lost you like briefly while you were mentioning about how you were you were uh, taking the uh, darshan of the deity of Mahavishnu and Janmashtami, they dressed, I believe you said that uh, he was dressed up as Krishna on that day. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, uh, I love what you said about how um, he appears in different ways to, uh, in accordance with the love of his devotees. And so that reminded me of another deity that I just happened to read read about very recently is Guru Vayarapan, uh, and that they dress him up as all the different avatars that were mentioned uh, in the uh, the previous question today by, um, uh, I believe it was by the Iskan devotee, about um, sometimes they'll dress him up as Korma or Vamana, or mm. of course Krishna naturally, and um, and, and so many others, uh, Parashuram and uh, Ram, et cetera, like that. Have, do you have any impressions or have you taken darshan of uh, Guru Vayarapan, perhaps? I never had the uh, good fortune to go to uh, Guru Vayar, but um, I, I, it's a famous place, I know. I think there's a famous elephant there that <laughs> serves the deity regularly. Um, so unfortunately, no. Okay. I see another question just came up. It says, um, it's from Matthew Salva. I've been reading your Bhagavad Gita. I've listened to your lectures. I've been inspired by the substance of your teachings. Do you have a suggested order of reading your books? Well, uh, you know, um, uh, Perhaps they all do to some extent, to a large extent. We lost you for a little bit, so you can. Oh, um, well, there are some heavier books that are heavier on Tatva that I've written, like. <clears throat> filled in the same way. Yeah. Well, there are lower books, if you will, <laughs> that I've written, like my commentary on Tattva Sandarva that deals more with the Tattva and lends itself less to expressing feelings, um, and spiritual emotion, and so forth. But, you know, those are heady books at the same time. Um, the Gita is more like that um, as well, but, but Krishna's speaking there, and, and I've written about it in, in a way 
uh, well, the subtitle is it's feeling and philosophy. So I've woven a fair amount of, you know, drawn a lot of feeling from it. But um, um, that's one way to look at my books, lower and higher. Um, but, um, but, you know, you could try to read that, uh, Sandarva. It's a good book. It's an important book, Book of Jiva Goswami. So I'm just explaining it there. Uh, I would suggest a smaller, shorter book would be my commentary on Shikshastakam, which is full, full of feeling, but also it's very uh, relevant to practice. Mm -hmm. uh, it speaks of the different verses of the Bhagavatam or of the Shikshastakam in relation to the different stages of bhakti. So I would recommend that you read that book. And from there, you can, you can choose as you like from that which has been published in, in my name. What else? Um, Dulal said he sent a question to my email. Okay, let's see if I can find that. Okay, here we go. Um, when Narmada Muni is speaking about Paranjana in the Bhagavatam verses 428.53 and 428.55, where Krishna asks the soul, do you remember me? How can you remember what you never knew? Krishna says, Hitva Mam, you rejected me. He says it again in 428.55. So swam tatwam bihaya mam bando. You are the one who rejected me, O oh friend. Satwam bihaya mam bando is sometimes used as proof that we were once with Krishna. Can you explain how this is not an accurate way to see these verses? Yes. Um, I would, and we're, we're short on time here, but uh, to cut to the chase, if you will, uh, it's good, if not essential, to uh, look at such verses of the Bhagavatam, any, any verses, um, in relation to the uh, seminal commentaries. So in the commentary of Jiva Goswami and the later but universally accepted commentary of Vishwamashakti Thakur, we find a clear statement that this is in reference to the um, Susupti, hmm? the, 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 uh, unfolding and infolding of the material uh, world coming and going. So uh, it, it's, it's in relation to, um, to use another term, the, the Shristi Leela, hmm? um, where the Jiva enters into Mahavishnu and Susupti and comes back out again and comes back in. So it's, these commentators have explained it in this way and 
uh, they are the Shastra gurus of our Sampradaya. So uh, we have to uh, look at it along those terms. And of course, in those terms, and of course, uh, to look at it in another way, as it's speaking about, for example, falling from Vaikuntha, from Goloka, well, you know, there are innumerable problems with that that come up with, uh, you know, in so many other places in the text. So that's not a viable uh, way of explaining it. You can't just take something out of the text here and then ignore everything else, all the other philosophical, theological implications of that and statements to the contrary. Hmm? For example, no one falls from Vaikuntha and just take that and say, therefore, see the Bhagavatam says, we fall from Vaikuntha. You have to have an explanation that corresponds with the rest of the, the, rest of the teaching. Hmm? Hmm? Uh, and fortunately, on top of that, we have the commentaries of Jiva Goswami and, uh, and uh, Vishvanchakti Thakur, um, both of whom, as I say, um, tell us that this is, is coming and going. Oh, are you with me? I, you left me. Is is in, in reference to the to this uh, susupti and the shristi lila. So, with that, we come to a close for today. And that was actually from Bhakti Ras. That question. Bhakti Ras, good job. Okay, hope to be with you next week. Hari yes, hari. thank you very much, Gumash. Everybody, if you could just stay on, just for getting um, some information about next month's classes. Um, to start with, I just want to let you know that um, Guru Maharaj is going to give two special classes. Um, one will be on the disappearance day of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And that will be on the 23rd, Thursday, the 23rd of December. Um, for those of you who have a BBT calendar, it says it's on the 22nd, but... Um, Evidently, it's not. So um, the other special class will be December 31st, um, and that will be the disappearance of Udharandatta Thakur, and that'll be on New Year's Eve, Friday. So two, two nice classes. And then um, just for next month, the classes um, on top of Vivek, we have on Mondays, Mohini Dasi is going to be giving classes um, exploring the mercy of Sri Nityananda through song and Shastra. That's part two. She had done those classes um, a couple months back. And then we have um, Guru Nishta is giving class on Tuesdays on Jaiva Dharma, the true purpose of human life. And then Wednesdays, we have Dulal Chandra. Um, continuing the Krishna Sandarbha classes. Thursday, I'm going to start up the beauty and messiness of the Sadhaka's journey. And the next interview is with Bhakti Ross. So we're all excited to have her being interviewed. Um, and then Friday, we have Atulananda Swami is going to be doing um, the Chatra Shloki of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And Saturday, we have Ashram Maharaj, the shelter of Shi Guru, the key to the temple of Bhakti. So some really nice classes coming up in December. Um, I hope you're all 
getting a lot from this type of big series. Um, just a lot of nectar out there. And if you can't make the class live, they're all online. So on, um, on YouTube and on Facebook. All right, my dear devotees, wonderful to see you all. And then of course, Sunday's back here every Sunday with questions and answers. So bring your questions. We're, this is the third week in a row where we've had to like pull teeth for questions. So think about that during the week. Oh, <laughs> it's hard when you're the moderator and you have to say, okay, we're out of questions. <laughs> all right, great to see you all. Hare Krishna, Haribo. Haribo.